G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you may have been following the developments around religious freedom, the Morrison government is tabling the long-awaited religious discrimination bill in the federal parliament. It's almost four years since protection for religious freedom for all Australians was promised after the marriage definition was changed to be out of step with the timeless biblical definition. It's been a long wait to see how the government plans to protect religious freedoms. Our privilege to welcome the Federal Attorney-General, Michaelia Cash, who is responsible for the bill. Minister, welcome along to 2020. Neil, it's absolutely fantastic to be with you, and hello to your listeners. Minister, you've been walking a tightrope trying to, no doubt, please all sides of this debate. Do you think you've got the balance right? Well, Neil, this bill honours the mandate that the Morrison government has from the Australian people to protect religious freedom. As you know, this commitment was taken to the Australian people by our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, at the last election. We are now delivering on that commitment. As you know, Australia already has a Sex Discrimination Act, a Disability Discrimination Act, an Age Discrimination Act and a Race Discrimination Act. However, there's no standalone legislation to protect people of faith against discrimination. And this bill will change all of that. Well, in this past four years, uh, there have been many, in fact, dozens of cases that have been dragged before the courts and tribunals. Uh, Many are saying there is, in fact, this point in time, open persecution of Christians in Australia. Will your bill put an end to that sort of litigation because some groups are offended by Christian statements? Well, as we all know, religious protection, this is an important issue for so many Australians. Whether you're a Catholic, a Mormon, a Muslim, a Jew, you know, a Buddhist, a Hindu, a Baha'i, you know, so many more religions. This bill is the fulfilment of the commitment that the Prime Minister made to the Australian people to protect religious freedom. And certainly ensuring free speech and civil, respectful discussion and debate, that is important for all Australians. I believe that this bill will give Australians of faith confidence. Confidence to be themselves and confidence in the country they belong to. And I believe that this bill, it builds on Australia's proud record as the most successful multicultural and multi-faith nation, I believe, on earth. When I look at what the bill is doing, this is about helping protect what we value as Australians, difference, fairness, choice, charity, the right to live our lives as we please, as long as we're not hurting others. Minister, the very controversial Falau clause, we've been hearing it's in, it's out, 
And as I understand it, it's not included in your bill. And Christian leaders are saying there's no religious freedom if you can't make a statement of belief in your own private time without the threat of being hauled before a court. Is the fallout clause in there? And if the, if it's not, what have you done to replace it? So the fallout clause, as it relates to employers, has been removed. And this is something that I have worked very closely with religious leaders uh, and Equality Australia on. As I said, we made a commitment to the Australian people to address religious discrimination at the last election. I've progressed this manner in a calm and considered process. I was about listening and ensuring that we get this bill right. This is important legislation and it required a measured approach. In relation to the Falau Clause, as it related to the employer conduct rules, we have removed that from the bill, but we removed it on the basis that the existing protections for indirect discrimination, including in the workplace, will protect employees who face discrimination and that they are still able to make a claim in this regard. But, Neil, in terms of the provisions dealing with qualifying body conduct rules, we noted the significant consequences if a person's professional registration or practice is restricted or removed as a result of the person's statements of belief made, and as you and I know, outside of their profession. And on that basis, the bill retains the provisions dealing with qualifying body conduct rules. But Neil, you did raise the statement of belief. Now, this is an incredibly important clause. Ensuring free speech, you know, civil respectful discussion and debate, that is important for all Australians. And as such, the bill does retain the statement of belief provision. So the bill ensures that people can't be persecuted for moderately expressing a reasonable opinion. Now, that opinion you and I may not agree with, as long as it is a statement of belief made in good faith, that is not discrimination under any Australian anti-discrimination law. That is very, very important. We have kept in the ability for a person of faith to make a statement of belief and the statement, if it is made in good faith, is not capable, as you and I know, of being discrimination under any Australian anti-discrimination law. What I would say, though, Neil, is this. If the statement of religious belief is not made in good faith, so let's just say it is a malicious statement or it's a statement which a reasonable person would consider would threaten or intimidate, harass or vilify another person, then obviously the provision does not apply to that. But the bill draws a very clear line against harassment, against vilification or intimidation of anyone. But in terms of a person of faith or not of faith, and I think this is a really important point, Neil, it also protects people who don't have faith. So, for example, an atheist or an agnostic, they can also make a statement of belief. 
And if that statement of belief is made in good faith, it will not be discrimination under any Australian anti-discrimination law. Minister, there's a grey area in what's moderate and what's malicious, and some might be saying who defines malicious. Is there any definitions in the bill that might say this is malicious or this is vilification and this is not? It's a really good question, Neil. And so the answer to that is yes. We have actually provided a definition of vilification in the bill. In relation to the terms threaten, intimidate or harass, uh, they are intended to take on uh, their ordinary legal meaning. But what I've done in the explanatory memorandum is give very, very clear guidance on what would or potentially would not fit into uh, those particular concepts. So in terms of the intent of the clause, it's to ensure that genuine and sincerely held religious views, they can be freely expressed without legal repercussion, provided they are, you know, they are expressed, as you and I have discussed, in good faith and they are not malicious. And then when you go to the explanatory memorandum, it does give you guidance. So, for example, speech that is offensive or insulting towards a person or group of persons it doesn't incite hatred, violence or contempt. That won't be speech. That is vilification. In terms of speech that could constitute or be constituted as threatening, you know, that could include statements indicating that the speaker intends to inflict physical harm on or instill physical fear in someone or encouraging others to do the same. So we give very clear guidance in the explanatory memorandum uh, as to what may constitute a reasonable person uh, considering that the statement is either malicious or uh, is intended to threaten, intimidate, harass or vilify. What I think I can hear you say is that if someone quotes the Bible saying God created man and woman or that Jesus referenced to marriage between a man and a woman, you'll be able to say those things but if you do that with some level of malicious intent, you may overstep the mark. Look, that, that's a beautiful way of explaining it. That's exactly right. So the protection applies to statements of religious belief. They need to be made in good faith. And it needs to be a statement which I personally, as the maker of the statement, genuinely considers to be in accordance with the doctrines, tenets, beliefs or teachings of my particular religion. But you are right, the provision applies to my statement of belief. If I move into conduct and I actually negatively act on my statement, that's exactly right. I will fall foul of the protection because I may well now be discriminating against them, uh, at somebody. The intent of the clause, as I said, and I think people accept the intent of this clause, to ensure that genuine and sincerely held religious views are able to be expressed without legal repercussion, provided they are expressed in good faith and are not malicious. Minister, an important dimension, is it true that the federal government has no power to override the states because the states appear to set their own rules when it comes to these issues? Is there any way that this bill 
uh, seeks to override the powers of the states? So a very, very important part of this bill is obviously the ability of religious schools to maintain their ethos. So the bill recognises that religious schools must be free to uphold the tenets of their faith and the ethos that makes their school, as you and I know, a community. The bill absolutely endorses that. But in relation to what's going on in Victoria at the moment, and as you may know and your listeners may know, the Victorian government is introducing amendments to its Equal Opportunity Act, and what they are seeking to do is to limit the existing circumstances, and I stress, Neil, existing circumstances, because your listeners will be well aware that religious schools and religious bodies, they already have exemptions in the Sex Discrimination Act, which allows them to make employment decisions in terms of preferencing people of their own faith. And what the Victorian government is doing, it's actually going to limit the existing circumstances where religious bodies and schools can discriminate in employment matters on the basis of doctrines, beliefs uh, or principles of their religion. What they will seek to do is this. A religious school is only going to be permitted to discriminate against someone in employment on the basis of religious beliefs, and this is the important bit, where it is an inherent requirement of that particular role that the person be of the same faith as the religious body and the requirement is proportionate and reasonable. But the court will tell you whether or not that requirement is proportionate and reasonable. We say, Neil, that is not appropriate. And our bill, it will address the concerns raised above by providing that a religious education institution will not contravene a prescribed state or territory law if the religious body has given preference in good faith to persons who hold or engage in a particular religious belief or activity in employment matters. I would say, though, to qualify for the exemption, the religious education institution, they just need to publish a policy setting out the relevant religious requirements for employment matters. So in that particular regard, we are going to override that part of the Victorian government's amendment to its Equal Opportunity Act because we do believe that religious education institutions should be able to preference in good faith in employment. Just quickly, Minister, the provisions for freedom of academic expression on our university campuses, is there a provision there that will ensure freedom of expression on campus? So that would be the statement of belief clause. This bill, though, is not, remember, about religious freedom. It is about protection from religious discrimination. So we're ensuring that people who have faith are protected from being discriminated against that. In terms of the statement of belief provision, though, that is for all of us of faith and those who are not of faith that we will be able to make a simple statement of belief in good faith and this won't be discrimination 
under any Australian anti-discrimination law. It also won't contravene subsection 17.1 of the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Act. Now, Minister, one last question. The bill to be tabled in the lower house today for a vote next week and the likelihood that it may be sent on to a Senate inquiry. Is the government prepared to fight an election with religious freedom as a key policy? Uh, I would like to see the Senate committee report back and the Senate debate this bill early next year. This is a commitment, as you said, Prime Minister Scott Morrison took to the last federal election. The Australian people endorsed this commitment. We now need to deliver on this commitment that we made to the Australian people. And I will work with the Australian Labor Party. I would like to see a bipartisan approach to delivering on this. Uh, But, you know, the principle that Australians should not be discriminated against because of their religion or lack thereof, as they go about their everyday lives, this is the fundamental principle that we seek to address in our religious discrimination bill. And I would like to see that made into law. Well, the freedoms of all Australians are now up for debate. I want to thank very much the courtesy from the Federal Attorney-General, Michaelia Cash, for giving us a first-hand update as that bill comes before the Parliament. Minister, thank you so much for joining us today on 2020. It is an absolute pleasure, Neil, and I really do thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.